0: Welcome to Hope Community Church's Sermon of the Week. It's our prayer that this message will encourage and equip you to love like Jesus. To learn more about Hope, visit us at hccalive.com. Now enjoy the message. Well, this morning I was thinking about how sometimes, because I have the opportunity to serve as a pastor, I will hear people say, God's word is not relevant to my situation today. Now, we in church have have learned that that's not true. However, sometimes we hear that. And so I thought this morning, let's see how relevant God's word is to the world in which we live. First of all, I was thinking about how how God's word applies to to our regular decision-making process. Let me give you an example. In our culture today, It's not unusual for people to change direction. And what I mean by that is it's not unusual for people to change direction in their jobs. It's not unusual for people to change direction in their careers. Or even with the friends that they hang out with, the friend circle. It's not unusual for people to change direction. And sometimes that's for gain. In fact, usually it is. Otherwise, we wouldn't change direction. For example, though, we would say it like this. I want to pursue a different career because of the opportunities that it would afford me. In other words, that would be for gain. Or maybe you decide that you're going to stop hanging out with a certain group of people because when you spend time with them, you find that they just pull your mood down or they maybe pull you away from your relationship with God. And as a result, by choosing to not spend time with that particular group of people, it's, it's for gain. There are other times, though, that we say things like, I need a change in my life because of the necessity that I'm experiencing. In other words, I need to do this. Somehow, when we say we need to do something, it gives us the justification to pursue a different opportunity. This morning in the text, as we work into Acts chapter 25, we will see a change of direction both for gain— and out of necessity. But there's a little bit of a word play here. I I like to play with words a little bit and offer two different perspectives. So we'll see a perspective of people pursuing things for gain, but we'll also see where Paul, the apostle, is pursuing things for God's gain. And there's a huge difference between pursuing things for personal gain and pursuing things for God's gain. We'll also see the the difference between what it looks like to live out of necessity or make a change of direction for necessity for our personal benefit as opposed to God's benefit. Another thing I think about with God's word is really how relevant it truly is. Not just in our life, but as God's word addresses cultural tensions. We, we will see this morning... How in Acts chapter 25, 2,000 years ago, there was tension in in the political realm along with the spiritual realm. This tension isn't new for us today in 2021. This tension has always existed and it always will exist. But how should we handle that tension? We're going to take a closer look at that this morning, but for those of you who are New, I want to just kind of bring you up to speed with what's happening. We've been covering the book of Acts, and it's just been a, a really short series for our church family. We began it in January of last year. But really, the hope is to see how the early church functioned, because that ought to impact how we as a church today function. As we see the way that believers lived 2,000 years ago, we're able to see how we ought to live today, 2,000 years later. But amidst this cultural conflict, and yes, I used that word, and I looked over at my wife on purpose, because she said, Jed, if you're going to use that word, you have to pronounce it correctly. There are some words I don't pronounce correctly, like a mist or breath fist. But I have my own vocabulary, even explanation point, or or whatever I say when I voice text. And people are like, I can't even believe your phone picks up what you mean. But sometimes I use my own vocabulary. But there were some political tensions and religious tensions, similarities as to today. But as we begin this morning, we leave where Felix was the ruling authority in this particular area within Rome. He has actually been recalled from Rome to Rome because of his poor administration. As a result, Felix is removed. They put Festus into place. He's a, a new king. But Felix, of all of the things that he had done poorly, he wanted to do a favor for the Jews. And the favor that he was granting to them was he chose to leave Paul in prison. As a result, Paul spent two years in prison. Now, I want to just let that settle for a minute, because two years Paul has spent in prison. Now, we read that from last week to this week, and it's only been seven days. It's hard for us to capture what this must feel like for Paul, as he has spent two years waiting, really unjustly held within this prison, all because of Felix, not wanting to do the right thing. The right thing in this case would have been to release Paul. There was really no charges that could hold him. But I want us to catch this. When we don't do the right thing, that will always have a negative impact on other people's lives. Paul is living that. He is living the experience of Felix not doing the right thing and experiencing being in prison for these two years, but difficult circumstances that we encounter today. Difficult circumstances that we experience today often lead us to the realization that we need to change direction. We need to change direction. But the key is how and whom we focus on within that directional change. And that's where we're gonna begin this morning. In Acts chapter 25, Beginning in verse 1, here's what it says. Now three days after Festus had arrived in the province, only three days he's arrived, he's in the province, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul and they urged him, asking as a favor against Paul that he summon him to Jerusalem because they were planning an ambush to kill him on the way. We've read that before. Festus replied that Paul was being kept in Caesarea and that he himself intended to go up there shortly. So he said, let the men of authority among you go down with me. And if there is anything wrong with the man or about the man, Paul, let them bring charges against him there. The political people were looking for opportunity for gain. In fact, because of this, Festus Three days after he's put in this position of authority, only three days later, he goes to Jerusalem. The reason that he goes to Jerusalem is he does not want to experience the same thing that his predecessor just experienced. He doesn't want to be removed from that position of authority because he wasn't able to keep the peace between the Romans and the Jews. So Festus is looking for gain. He, he goes to Jerusalem. He's establishing or attempting to establish this relationship with the Jews in positions of authority there. But the Jews also, looking for an opportunity for gain, they say, hey, Festus, since you want to establish this healthy relationship, since you want to have a partnership, we want to ask that you would do us a favor. Festus says, Well, what's the favor? They say, Can you send Paul from Caesarea to Jerusalem? Would you, would you do that for us? Because they had a plan. The Bible tells us that they had a plot, in fact. And the plot was that they were going to ambush and kill Paul along the way. The reason that they wanted to do this is because they knew that the charges that they were holding Paul with would not stick. They didn't stick two years ago, and they're not going to stick now. So they want to take matters into their own hands. That's the temptation, though. When we're looking for opportunity for gain, sometimes we want to take matters into our own hands. Now, the likelihood of us planning an ambush on somebody, I hope, is slim to none. But it can be really tempting in moments where we feel like we need to do something where even we feel like our backs are up against the wall, it can be so tempting to want to take advantage of a situation. I mean, after all, if if Festus will grant them this wish, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We'll give you some, some political relief. It would be so easy for them to give in. It would be so easy for us in those moments to give in for just a little bit of gain. For just a little bit of pleasure. There are times, though, when we need to change direction. Paul could have, for gain, he could have handled this situation differently. Paul was in a physical prison. Yes, he had some liberties. Yes, he was able to visit with friends. But Paul could have handled this situation very differently for his own gain. But Paul says this, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Paul's focus in this situation was for God to continue to gain glory. Now that was going to impact the way that he had to handle his time in prison. For Paul to be focused on God gaining the glory, God being lifted high that people would be drawn to him, that impacted the way that he had to live in prison. Now, it sounds like a no-brainer, but the truth is that can become very difficult. Now, again, we're, we're not gonna probably find ourselves in prison, but sometimes the, the prison cells that we end up in involve our minds. It involves our hearts. We're all of a sudden in, in the midst of a difficult situation. Again, we're just looking for a little bit of relief. We're just looking for a little bit of gain, and we can drift away from God. But for Paul to have this steadfast focus in on God, he continued to change his direction to focus in on God. That's something that we have to continue to do. When we begin to drift away from God, we need to change direction. We need to refocus in on him. We need to realign our lives to him. Again, the Bible, I'll just say it, continues To be relevant for us today, the Bible will always be relevant because it's God's living word. But not only is the temptation for us to change direction for our gain instead of God's gain, the temptation can be for us to change direction out of what we would call necessity. As the text continues, Festus will, of course, journey back from Jerusalem to Caesarea, and this is where we read in verse 6. It says, and he stayed among them in Jerusalem eight or 10 days. I mean, I wanna give the guy a, a little bit of grace. He's just been put into this position of leadership. He doesn't know if he's been there eight days or 10 days. His friends just promised him a party he would never remember. I mean, he's celebrating. Okay, that was, that was kind of a little bit of a joke. But, but Festus is there for eight or 10 days. Then he goes from Caesarea, Back towards Jerusalem. And the next day, he took his seat on the tribunal. And he ordered that Paul would be brought to him. Verse 7, when he had arrived, Paul that is, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. So Paul argued in his defense. He says, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar." Have I committed any offense? But Festus, now wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing on these char- their charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his counsel, he answered, To Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. The Jewish leaders in this situation, out of necessity, believed that if they could kill Paul, if they could ambush him, that would take away the courage of the early church. Their necessity in their mind, they thought, we just need to get rid of Paul. And then the early church won't have the courage that it has. Paul thought that once too. And as Paul was So eager to bring the persecution to the early church, God got a hold of his heart in a powerful way. But here this trial is really playing right into the the hands of the Jewish leaders. So as the trial unfolds, Festus says, Well, Paul, do you want to go to Jerusalem? And at that point, I'll oversee the trial. Festus offers to Paul the option But he was really doing the Jews a favor. Did he know of the plot? Did he know of the plan? We're not really sure for sure. But we do know that he offers that to him. Here's an interesting piece of historical evidence. Paul is in this predicament because the Jews who were from Asia actually brought these charges up against Paul. I've been silent about this up to this point. And the reason that this is interesting is because for them to bring charges against Paul that he had defiled the temple, that he had spoken out against Caesar, and that he had been trying to lead a revolt, in order for for Paul to be tried on these things, these Jews from Asia needed to be there because it was a capital offense. In fact, it was so important that they be there if they skipped the trial, which they do here, which they did two years ago, they could actually face capital punishment themselves. And the reason that this is so interesting is because the devil works in the darkness. He always does. He always works behind the scenes. And God always works in the light. God brings things to the light. He works in the light. Those who follow God look to live in the light. But behind the scenes, for some reason, This just never comes up. But there is a way that people who make the most outrageous accusations somehow can hide in the crowd. They can hide from you. They they can hide from other people. But do you know who they can't hide from? God. God, knowing that, still isn't going to allow an injustice to be done here. So Paul responds and he says this hey, I've done nothing. I've done nothing against the Jews. I've done nothing against the temple. And I have done nothing against Caesar. If I've done these things, I'm not trying to escape death. But if I haven't done those things, then I'm not a man who deserves to die. So Paul just makes his case. That's all he does. But the political leader from Rome, Festus, is trying to keep the peace in this area. He's trying to keep the peace at all costs. In fact, I would, again, to use the point, he's trying to keep the peace out of necessity. The Jewish leaders believe that if they can get rid of Paul, again, because they think it's so necessary to kill this innocent man, that they can advance their agenda. All of this tension is welling up. And so Festus offers to do a favor that he wouldn't do 10 days earlier by allowing Paul to be brought to Jerusalem. Felix is a novice. Or excuse me, Festus in this situation is a novice. Felix had had years and years of dealing with the the political pressure from Rome and the religious pressure from the Jews. But Festus is new. Three days after he's put in this position, he goes to Jerusalem. Eight or 10 days later, he's back in Caesarea. Two weeks on the job. He's experiencing this pressure. He doesn't know what to do. But in that moment, he gives in. Because after all, his number one goal is to keep the peace. At all costs, he needs to keep the peace. Now as I say that, You can almost feel the weight of this decision because that can be the temptation out of necessity to to do whatever you need to do to keep the peace, but God isn't always trying to do that. He isn't always just trying to keep the peace. Sometimes he wants to stir things up and that happens in our own hearts first. And as we are stirred in our hearts he's able to do something deeper within us that allows us to lead people closer to God. But here's Paul. He's forced to change direction too. He's forced to change direction because if he goes to Jerusalem, if he says yes, the likelihood of him being ambushed and killed along the way is, of course, pretty high. But instead, he appeals to Caesar. And I don't want us to miss this. Sometimes when we change direction out of necessity, that is God's provision for us. That's God's provision. It doesn't always feel like it in the moment. It usually isn't clear to us that God is providing the way of escape that he promises he will. But in Paul's situation... He needed to make a change. He, he needed, out of necessity, to make the decision to appeal to Caesar. Why would Paul appeal to Caesar, whom we know as Nero? Because Paul had no idea yet the terrible reign that Nero would have on Christians. We're six years away from the persecution where Nero would come down on the early church, where Nero would be responsible for taking Paul's life and the apostle Peter's life. But out of necessity, Paul says, then let me go face Nero. Let me make my appeal to Nero. In fact, I believe Paul was also going to try to argue to Nero why Christianity wasn't something to be feared by the Roman government. Being a Christian Ought to be a good thing because there's a moral standard that's then, that influences our life. There's a moral standard with God that changes the way that we live and the way that we treat people. Paul wants to go to Nero also to show to Nero that there, that there isn't a threat with people who follow Jesus. But sometimes we need a change of direction, and that change of direction isn't for personal gain. When our, when our change of direction is for God's gain, that changes our focus. When we have a change of direction out of necessity and it's to continue to direct people to God, it's often God's way of providing for us. Paul takes advantage of both of these and he directs people to Jesus, but also he sees this as an opportunity for God's provision. Had Paul gone back to Jerusalem and been killed, we would have only received 6 of his letters in fact up to this point he's written galatians he's written first and second thessalonians he's written first and second corinthians and romans but at this point he has not yet written 7 of his letters that he would write he would write the letter to the ephesians in prison philippians colossians in prison the letter to Philemon. He would write the letters of 1 and 2 Peter and Titus all while he's experiencing this second half of his journey to Rome and on his way to Rome. Here's what I can tell you. We can't always stop the plots and the accusations. We can't always stop the things that will come against us. In fact, rarely can we do that. But here's what we can do. In In the middle of that, We can change direction. And we can still focus on serving God in those situations. We can still, out of necessity, make decisions that will direct people to God. That's a part of our opportunities as we serve God. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to sing a song. And in that song, the, the theme of it is how God takes graves and he turns them into gardens. And as we prepare our hearts for that, I want to invite you to pray with me this morning. Father, we, we trust that you will help us to be a people who look for the opportunities to change directions for the right reasons. God, we know that your desire is to use us to serve you, not for our own gain, but for yours. And Lord we pray that you would use this morning to help us to cement those things into our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon of the week. Previous messages of our act series can be found at hccalive.com. If you would like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give at hccalive.com as well. Don't forget to subscribe and may we continue to love like Jesus.